0: This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Balata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show, where we take a deep dive into the world of modern dating and relationships. I'm your host, Laura Balata, founder of Single in the City. And tonight we're diving into a topic that has perplexed many of us. Why do men use women? Emotionally speaking, there are no words to describe the feeling of being used by a man that you've given your all to. And you'd understand the feeling if you're among the many women who have been used. And tonight, we're joined once again by Jonathan Asley, one of America's leading midlife dating and relationship coaches and the author of What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? I love that title, by the way, Jonathan. (laughs) And he's going to be helping us uh, to understand the causes of this and take a look at effective communication methods to avoid being used and share some tips to build healthier relationships overall. We have so much to cover tonight and we'll get right into it. And thanks again for being here tonight, Jonathan. Hi.
0: Well, I'm happy to be here, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah,
1: now men using women, what a topic. And this was Jonathan's topic, by the way. (laughs) But I'm glad that you brought it to my attention. It's my
0: fault. (laughs) It's
1: all your fault, that's okay. Let's start off where sharing, uh, where you can share maybe some common patterns or behaviors that lead to men using women.
0: Yeah. So well, let's think about the idea of being used. What does that really mean? I think in human mating, dating, or relating, women oftentimes feel as though they've invested in somebody who is not equally investing in them. So immediately there's a there's a difference of exchange right there's a different exchange of of effort and when a woman believes that she's given more effort to the relationship than say the man has oftentimes she feels used from this experience so what does that look like might be the question well i think humans desire companionship, connection, and sex. I mean, in the dating, mating, and relating realm, that's what their primary desire is, to connect with someone, to have someone to play with, and certainly to be physically involved in a relationship. The challenge with that is oftentimes the missing piece in this. I always say it's, you know, companionship, connection, coupling, or sex. The missing piece oftentimes is commitment, you know, that, that level of, are you all in? And when that, there's a different, there's a disparity there, you know, and say a relationship ends, oftentimes a person, a woman feels used in this experience because she didn't get the, the, the reward of commitment. So am not, not, I'm saying this on a subconscious level, not necessarily on a conscious level.
1: Yeah. Now, okay. While there are still a few good men out there. Okay. Let's say that. Um, But it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, many men still take advantage of vulnerable women. And not every woman has the ability to tell when a man is using them. So what are some of the ways? uh, Let's start with this. What are some of the ways that a man might be using a woman in a relationship? Let's start with that. Yeah. I I'm so I just want money money, like, money, 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 <laughs> money. Yeah,
0: so I just want to differentiate something. So when we say that there are only a few good men, then we have to say that there are only a few good women commensurate to that. You know, Did I say there. We are have are to only, be careful. Yeah. Oh, we no, have no. to be careful. Well, let me just I mean, say this: we have to be careful that there are
1: only a still a few, a few good men. There are a lot of good men. Did I? I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah there it's just hypothetically speaking there yeah, are a lot of great that. men out there okay
0: yeah and and i only want to differentiate that because oftentimes women feel like men are the wrong they're the you know they're the ones that are commitment phobic they're the ones that are uh, narcissists they are the ones who are players i can say that there's a commensurate equal number of women who are in that same category but there's this mindset you know, and it wasn't by, you know, I know you were innocent when you said that, but there's this mindset that women are better than men in the dating realm. And that already sets women up for failure when you have a mindset like that. So I just want to shift the, the, the idea here is that, and I know we're going to talk about this in the next segment, but I don't believe people are intentionally trying to use someone. I do believe it's unintentionally, but what happens typically is that uh, if we're talking about a man using a woman, it's oftentimes predicated on sex and connection. You know that need being met without a commensurate level of of commitment in that uh, exchange of energy. That's when somebody feels used when they've given something they haven't gotten the commensurate return of investment back.
1: Okay. Well, let's go back here. You don't okay. think men use women intentionally? Oh I, I well, beg to well differ okay. On that. So, I know okay, I'm so, a guy right now using a woman, a friend of okay. mine, for money, and she doesn't see it because she's Wait, a friend, battle. a woman
0: using a man for money.
1: Did you say? Oh no, no, no! I, I'm saying a man using a woman a man for using money. her, he's oh, okay. Got it. Got it got, it. got it. She's paying so, all the bills. She's paying for everything. He's okay. definitely using her for money, and that's intentional. Well, then, where's okay? Well, then let's pick on
0: that one for a second. Where's her, you know, um, you know, accountability in this dynamic? If she's allowing that to happen, is he using her, or is she allowing that to happen? Well, he let's not, met her. Let's not a, go into victim consciousness okay, here, Okay,
1: but she met him uh, when yeah. she was very vulnerable. She just got out of a very tumultuous divorce. I warned her not to get involved with anybody that soon. And that's basically how it happened. And she's basically drinking a lot. And I I think that's her security blanket. He is her security blanket. And he's turned her away from her entire family. Uh, And we can't even get through to her. And we see the signs. We know that he's using her. (laughs)
0: Okay. So this, I love this. I love this because what you described as a person who is coming off a a contentious relationship, she's hurt. And you even said she's drinking. Should she even be in a relationship? No. Should she even be in it? No, no. Hear me out for a second because I want, I want you to hear me out for a second because what I'm about to say from the male perspective Okay, we have a significant percentage of people who are coming off a contentious relationship. We have men that have struggles going on in their professional life. We have men who are drinking, men who are doing drugs. Yes, I want to state all this. What what I was saying about the intentionality, when a broken person is in the dating marketplace, they don't intentionally mean to hurt someone else. Okay, they just shouldn't be in the dating marketplace, but they don't know that about themselves because they want companionship. They want connection and they want that sex. Okay, but they're not capable of giving what they what the other person needs, but they don't know that about themselves in most cases. That's why I said it's unintentional. And she's unintentionally in the dating marketplace when she probably shouldn't be. And you're advising her not to be in the dating marketplace. Yeah. And to some degree, she's over giving. In her case, and he's just accepting, but she has to take responsibility of her part too. You're even telling her that as her coach.
1: I totally agree with you. We can't get through to her. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I I also have another friend who was used by her guy for contacts, and you know, he was taking advantage of her help or connections to chase chase his own dreams without even thinking about her dreams. Uh, So that was another way that I had seen this type of dynamic in a relationship where a man was using a woman as well.
0: You know, it's interesting because, you know, when somebody is giving to another, I believe that there should be a mutual exchange. But the most important mutual exchange that is not happening in the dating marketplace is that exchange of trust. Okay, and what is trust? You know, oftentimes we think of trust in the area of fidelity. But trust to me is, does this person have my best interest at heart? Have Has this person, to some degree, have you gone through enough experiences together to know you built trust? And where I'm going with this is sex oftentimes happens well before there's a real level of trust with another human being. And because we are oftentimes you know, swayed by chemistry and attraction to believe that this person is trustworthy, we have to take ownership that we really oftentimes don't know this person that well, and yet we're doing for another who isn't commensary doing for us.
1: I completely agree with you. We need to take a break. We're off to a great start though, Jonathan, and uh, we'll be right back to continue our conversation.
0: You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Belada, joined by Jonathan Asley to get to the root of why men use women. Now, let's jump right back in. Uh, before the break, we were talking about ways that a man might be using a woman in a relationship. Now, ladies, in order to protect yourselves, you must be aware of the signs. So Jonathan, let's go over some of the signs that women should pay attention to in order to protect themselves from being used.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great question. So I think the first thing to identify, particularly for those that are in the midlife category, and I say midlife is after baby making years before retirement, there's a good chance you are possibly dating somebody who's divorced. So one of the first signs is, how fresh is this person out of a divorce or even a relationship? So it doesn't have to necessarily be divorced people. It can be younger people that have, how soon has this person exited a relationship? That would be one of the first things you'd want to consider. Why? Because when you're in a significant relationship, you have an emotional tie to another human being, and it doesn't just dissipate the moment the relationship ends. It's not like, okay, the door is closed, and all of a sudden you're free from that emotional tie. And why someone might get used is when somebody is still processing the ending of a relationship, it makes it difficult for them to lean into a new relationship. So that would be one of the first things I'd be. Be present too. But some is- people
1: may argue that the relationship ended a long time ago. Some people are living together, but they're living yeah. as friends and they're staying together because of the kids. Now, what would you say about that?
0: I'd still, you know, the thing is most relationships end well before the actual expiration date. But the reality is, is when you're physically separated from someone, there's still a residue that lingers for quite some time. In that. So an emotional residue, if you will. So I wouldn't be naive to say, well, maybe our love for each other ended, but physically we've been connected with one another. And by the way, usually when it's ended well before, there's been contention all that time. And if there's contention, that will bleed into someone's future life if you're carrying that residue as an example. So one of the things I'd pay high attention, pay strong attention to, number one, is how soon has their most significant relationship ended. And let me just add something to this equation. This is something that was taught to me a dozen and a half years ago. Most people after a significant marriage ends, they have one or two what's called transition relationships in the future. So do you wanna be that first or second transition relationship with someone who's, that yes, they might've ended it 10 years earlier, but the divorce was now. I just want everyone to be cognizant of that. I think the other major thing, particularly for men, is where are they at in their professional life? You know, given that COVID displaced a lot of people and a lot of a lot of men, particularly in midlife, might be in a new vocation for themselves. Where are they at their professional life? If they have contention in their professional life, the ground underneath that man or woman doesn't feel solid. And when the ground underneath you doesn't feel solid, you can't truly give to another human being from a weak foundation. So again, you might not, someone might not be intentionally trying to use you. It's just they're trying to fill their own void that's inside of them because of maybe a contentious divorce. Maybe they've got uh, professional issues going on. Maybe they have health issues going on. In their life, maybe they have emotional pain or trauma from the past that has been been unhealed, and in many cases, people use drugs and alcohol to navigate that. We were just learning about more about Matthew Perry's issues recently, and that could be an example of where a person might not intentionally use you, but they're in pain and they want someone else to fill that void. Mm
1: -hmm. And some other signs. uh, Let's get into some practical you know, signs, they focus mainly on physical stuff, they don't show too much interest in your thoughts or feelings. Uh, They like to typically hang out at home in the evenings. I mean, that's the biggest indicator when they invite you over past 10 o'clock at night, if the physical side of the relationship just feels one sided. Uh, Basically, if he just acts like he doesn't care, There's no compromise, he doesn't open up when you're having conversations, he doesn't want to know about your future, he doesn't invite you to meet his friends. Uh, He actually avoids the commitment talk entirely. Um, You just don't feel special. I think that when you're with the right person, they're going to take an opportunity at some point to make you feel special, and they're going to be very consistent in their actions. Would you agree with all that?
0: Oh, my gosh, you just went boom, 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 boom. I'm agreeing with 100%. You know, when the the thing is, we have to look at why we would accept bad behavior or inconsistent behavior. Mm -hmm. I think that's an opportunity to be introspective and say, why am I accepting these breadcrumbs, as an example, because of kind of what you uh, laid out was kind of what somebody does when they're breadcrumbing you. In other words, they're only in it for their own needs. You have to ask yourself, why do you accept something like that? Because a, a woman or man truly in their power that are in their sovereignty they approach the dating process quite a bit different they actually it's a mutual exchange of getting to know one another through the asking of deeper questions making commitments to one another certainly agreeing to monogamy and exclusivity the minute two people are physically intimate you know uh whether we call that commitment or not those are agreements you make uh, at least i i i encourage that if you're if you're having Any doubt, if you're physically intimate with someone and you don't doubt, you're doubting what's the status of your relationship, you have every right to ask questions, you know? And if someone is vague in their response, if someone is kind of uh, avoiding the response, or they even get defensive or critical towards you, that's a person that it might be, you're not on the same page with them. And isn't this what this is all about. Dating is about finding out how you can, we can, two people can get on the same page to explore something deeper than just the surface.
1: Now, can you explain the mindset or beliefs that contribute to men using women? Like, are there certain personality traits or obviously past experiences that may make a person more prone to using others in a relationship? So you kind of touched on this, but maybe if you want to elaborate, elaborate on it a little bit more.
0: To the extent that it's a mindset, I do believe that there's a significant percentage of the population that has been imprinted with some level of abandonment in their life or fear in their life that caused them to maybe be emotionally avoidant, emotionally constipated, uh, emotionally unavailable. And what happens is they're not capable actually fully giving to another human being. So I, I don't think, I think this is somewhat, imprinted in our childhood in many cases. And so it's not someone does voluntarily. It's not like they consciously are acting avoidant. It's just, they've had so much pain in their life and it's gone unhealed that it manifests in a lot of dysfunctional behavior when it comes to human pair bonding.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I just want to add to that low self-esteem Uh, women or people in general with low self-esteem may not recognize that their their own worth or believe that they deserve more uh, which leads them to settle for less also fear of loneliness again uh, you know some people may fear being alone and and fear that they're never going to meet somebody else or what if i don't meet somebody as good looking or (laughs) as a you know as successful and and that sort of thing what do you think
0: Oh, I'm in total agreement. I think fear, low self esteem are aspects of this dynamic we're living in. And again, I'm such a big proponent of individuals doing personal development, self help, spiritual work, therapy, so they can actually show up in the process more of their sovereign self. Um, just like that one client you were talking about, you know, she would behoove her to do a lot of inner work before she goes out in the outer world.
1: Yeah. We need to take a quick break again. Don't go anywhere. We have so much more to explore. We'll be back.
0: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: We are back on the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. I'm your host, Laura Belotta, getting back to my chat on why men use women with dating and relationship coach Jonathan Asley. What a great show. Always delightful to have you. And so let's talk about communication. I'm a big fan of communication. I think it's so important in relationships. If you do not know how to communicate with each other, you can't have a relationship. So how yeah. can effective communication play a role in preventing this particular dynamic?
0: I love this question. So, you know, it's interesting. Most humans have poor relationship skills, both men and women alike. You know, oftentimes couples go into a therapy office and it's always, the they do this, they point the finger at the other person. They don't yes. know how to communicate and the other person, <laughs> To the extent that from what I understand about narcissistic personality disorder, I mean, it actually only represents a small percentage of the population. Now that's not to say that we have a significant population here in the United States that's very self-centric, okay? We are almost a society of self-centric people. In other words, we only care about our own needs. When we're only caring about our own needs, we unintentionally use people because we're in this state. And I use we because I'm I'm guilty of this in my own life. We can be myopic to the fact that there's another human being that we're engaging with in this interpersonal dynamic. So um, I think narcissists probably have had significant trauma in their childhood that has created a persona for them that makes their world like a tiny bubble. And they, again, I don't believe that they're intentionally doing anything. I know this is going to, I know this is going to offend many of you in <laughs> that are listening to this, but I'm here to say, that's like telling a cancer patient, you're, you know, you just gave me cancer, you know, oh, well, I don't know if that's actually possible, but you know, somebody, they, the narcissist didn't want to become a narcissist. This is something that happened in imprinting in childhood.
1: I agree with that to some extent, but at some point you have to stop being the victim. You have to stop. And you have well, to the start narcissist. Isn't a accountability. Victim.
0: The narcissist Are isn't a the narcissist isn't a victim. They don't ever just, see But themselves. you're
1: yes, because you're explaining that it stems from how they were treated. So obviously they think that they at one point were a victim. So
0: no, so, you I, I I want to jump in. Let me be clear. I'm not I'm, I'm just giving an explanation to how this happens. A narcissist never sees themselves as a victim because they're unaware that of their childhood wounds has created the persona within them, okay? And I'm not absolving bad behavior either here. I want to be clear. What I really want to talk to the person who's at the other end of a narcissist, okay, now, if you're continually accepting bad behavior, if you're continually in a relationship with somebody that only cares about their own needs, it is your job to get out. Okay. Mm-hmm. All I'm sitting here saying is that person who's become a narcissist most likely wasn't something they wanted. That little baby that was raised a certain way didn't grow up to say, we want to be a narcissist and use people.
1: No, I understand that. But I, I think we all grow up with some family trauma to some extent. And oh God, I, yes. you know, I've i had some family trauma, but I was able to recognize it and say, OK, um, I need to be accountable for my own actions. My behavior shouldn't reflect onto my relationships because of how I was treated in the past.
0: I'm going to say 97 percent of people are completely unaware of the effects of their childhood wounds and traumas. You're actually talking about a small percentage of people who actually do inner work on themselves to heal. I'm just I'm just merely stating that with respects to the narcissist, and again, this is merely my opinion. I'm probably, you know, gonna be ostracized by people listening here. <laughs> I'm here to say is they are completely unaware of that they're actually hurting someone, that they're actually doing something. It's rare that they actually do it with malice. I think they're unaware of their actions. And when you're unaware, how can you work on something?
1: All right, let's talk about how women can establish and maintain healthy boundaries. Can you provide some practical tips to help assert their boundaries?
0: Love this question. So first, it starts by recognizing what your standards are. What is it that you genuinely seek in a relationship? So if you're the type of person that wants a consistent relationship where you're getting to know someone, know what that looks like for you. For example, I've shared this publicly on my channel. I'm looking for a relationship where we spend three or four days and nights a week together doing shared activities, hobbies, mutual interests, spending time with family and friends, traveling together, teamwork, building skills, both in our personal and our professional life, intimacy, both physical and emotional intimacy that leads to either moving in together or getting married okay that's my standard okay within that standard is regular communication when we're not together that's my standard the boundary is recognizing is if it's if so you first establish what your standard of a relationship looks like and then if somebody's not meeting that standard a boundary is simply a request to meet that standard boundary is saying hey this is okay and this is not okay for me for example you've planned a date and you call it the last minute to bail all right that's you know, it can happen, but you consistently do that. Okay. The boundary would be, hey, this is not acceptable to me. If this is what you're seeking in a relationship is just to come and go as you please, that doesn't work for me. If you want to continue with me, this is the standard that I seek.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, okay. So how can we, let's give some women some practical tips on how to communicate these boundaries effectively uh, without coming across as confrontational.
0: Okay, so coming back to that book, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, when you're making a request, you simply would state something like this. Let's use the example of communication. You could simply say, I have a need for regular communication. By the way, let me let me preface something here. If two people are physically intimate with someone, with each other, and I said this earlier, you have every right to Ask for a need to be met. Okay. You have every right. Do not be afraid. You have every right to ask for a need to be met. And so, one of your needs is that I'd like to have regular communication as part of our relationship. And that might look like maybe a good morning text and it might look like a good evening test. That's a need I have. Okay. Now, if someone comes back and says you're being needy, (laughs) okay. We, we, we are in relationship to get our needs met. That's the whole point of being in relationship, okay? So you make a simple request. I have this request. And how a person responds gives you insight into how much care they have for you. If they get defensive, if they get critical, if they start being in contempt towards your request for a need, it speaks, or if they stonewall that need, It speaks volumes to how much they genuinely care about you.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's also important to note that you don't want to be confrontational at all. Um, Or they're going to feel attacked and you're not going to get anywhere but an escalation of a greater fight.
0: Yeah. So I love this because in my book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway, chapter one is speak your truth, do it with kindness, your truth is just your truth. It's not the truth. It's just your truth. So if your truth or need in this particular case is I'd like to have regular communication. So I have a follow-up chapter in my book. If it's sincere and from the heart, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. So when you're speaking your truth from a kind place, do it from your heart. See what you just described, if it's if it's confrontational, it's your you know you're blaming the other person before they've even had a chance to respond you know you're you're literally in a critical state of being when you're in confrontation so i invite everyone to take a deep breath when you're going to make a request maybe take 3 deep breaths tap into your heart what is your heart really desiring most of the time for women in particular it's a sense of safety it's a sense of connection that's the two primary feelings women want to experience in relationship is a a feeling of safety, a feel of connection with another human being. So first connect with your heart and speak from that space.
1: I love that. That is so, so true. Safety, connection. We women value that very, very much. Yeah. Let's talk about some healthy compromises that can be made in a relationship to ensure that both partners feel respected. value. What are some examples I should say?
0: Yeah, I don't know why this came to mind, but I'm in a space in my own life. So I'm going to share it for myself where I have a significant amount of time to invest in a relationship. Now, if somebody has almost no time to invest a relationship, that might be a mismatch, but the, but the compromise might be hey, if we two people like each other, what's the space in between? See, a compromise is, um, I, I think it's just learning trade-offs. You know, I'm willing to trade this for this. That's what a compromise is. It's simply a trade-off. When you are compromising your values, though, when you're compromising your overall needs too much, I don't think that's healthy, okay? we. I think really, when I think of compromises, maybe tolerate, I'm thinking of the movie now, Harry Met Sally, Okay. Sally was a little neurotic when she ordered food, okay? Probably not Harry's style. So his compromise was that he accepted her neuroses. He accepted her neuroses. Maybe that's not his style, but he accepted it. because. And then he saw within that neuroses, he f- saw it as something cute. So we we are never going to meet someone identical to us. So I yep. gave you the first example of kind of an extreme level of compromise. And now I'm talking about really accepting a person, warts and all.
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example too. Say so you have yeah. one person who loves outdoor activities while the other person yeah. likes indoor activities. You guys yeah. can compromise by participating in each other's interests and finding activities that you can both enjoy together. I know some people prefer having their own personal space while other, while other people enjoy spending every single waking moment with the person, <laughs> you need to compromise here by setting boundaries and then scheduling dedicated time alone. Same as being on your phone. Some people want to be on their phone 24 seven, but you got to put the phone away at some point. Yeah, you got to spend some quality time together.
0: I'm in full agreement of this. I just want to say one quick thing. I know some people that want to travel once a month, another person's happy with once a year. Maybe the compromise is we do it four times a year together, as an example.
1: But then they get upset when the other person wants to travel more often and they're willing to travel without them. (laughs)
0: And <laughs> We have to find what's right for you. And sometimes it's not a compromise. It's a misalignment.
1: We've got to take one last quick break and then we'll be right back to wrap things up. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
0: You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta single in the city.ca toronto's news today's talk 640 toronto
1: Sunday night, you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from Single in the City, joined by Jonathan Asley. Let's finish up our chat on why women use, I mean, <laughs> why men use women. I'm sure women use men too, but yeah,
0: indeed, <laughs> <they> do. <laughs> women
1: do use men. And that's a conversation for another day. But today we're specifically talking about why men use women. What advice do you have for women looking to build healthy, fulfilling relationships?
0: So I'm a big proponent of individuals doing, as I said earlier, personal development, self-help, spiritual work therapy before they ever actually enter into the dating marketplace. I think when you go up as the best version of yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, you're more apt to attract a relationship more aligned to your desires. So I think it first starts with that. The second piece, and this is something I teach in my private coaching, is discernment. You see, we are swimming in this vast sea of human beings, and especially through our devices, we have access to people we wouldn't otherwise have access to in our lives. And what happens is is 99 out of 100 people are misaligned with you. But God forbid you have chemistry with some of those people that are misaligned, you'll go down this rabbit hole we call dating or relationships only to find out you might feel used at some point. So another critical piece is discernment. Really, as I said earlier, understanding your standards and establishing that as your guidance system for what you seek in relationship. I Mm -hmm. think another critical piece, I think people are bad at flirting. And attracting. I think people put terrible... I'm not bad at
1: flirting, Jonathan. I
0: I know you're not, (laughs) but I'm saying most people are bad at flirting. But more importantly, people do a terrible job putting a representation of themselves in the dating marketplace. I can tell you that 99 out of 100 dating profiles I review for women are awful. And they they think it's good because they go, well, guys seem to like it. I'm still telling you, you did a poor representation.
1: And the men's aren't any better.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, God, the fish. We could talk about the Ferrari and the fish and all that kind of stuff. What's most they don't talk about anything? No, you know, I always say, you know, to my audience, which is mostly women, I say most men are good people, they're just bad daters. You know, that's why I was starting this whole conversation, is we have a lot of hurt, broken, wounded people out in the dating marketplace and hurt people sadly hurt other people. The only people who don't get hurt are those that are in their sovereignty. They have highest self-esteem, they they have high self-worth. And so they are able to recognize misalignment way sooner. The last piece of the puzzle I invite everyone to learn, I call this the four stages be your best self learn discernment learn how to be a- attracted to the opposite sex or i mean if, if or for those heterosexual people and lastly understand the mechanics to a healthy happy relationship the gottman institute has studied over 30,000 couples to learn what it makes for a successful relationship. And I invite everybody to read two books. One is called Eight Dates by Doctors John and Julie Gottman and The Seven Principles for Making a Marriage Work. And we can take out the word marriage and say relationship by the Gottmans.
1: Also, guys, you need to maintain your independence. It's so important. You have to maintain your own interests, your own friends. While you're dating, while you're in a relationship as well, just don't just dump your friends and everything that you are used to doing. Your lifestyle needs to remain right. You need to have a life on your own. And also you need to I think you said being discerning, which is basically choosing partners wisely and then avoid settling. Do not settle. Don't settle for anything less than you deserve recognize or try to recognize when a relationship is not meeting your needs, move on. If it's not meeting your needs, as Jonathan uh, stated earlier, you need to move on and stop wasting time with the wrong person.
0: Yeah. It's interesting (laughs) to piggyback on that. I was having a conversation with some love coaches the other day, and we were talking about how it's almost human nature to the minute you have this live body, you know, <laughs> saying a live body that you're engaged in this relationship and it's not meeting your needs, it's not within your standards. You're you're settling. We almost, as human nature, double down on it. We, we there's this almost this probably chemical in our brain, and I'm not suggesting that is, but I'm using that as a metaphor that causes us to invest even more because what we're really thirsty for, and what Est, I think it was Esther Perel said. The best relationship you're ever going to have is the relationship with yourself. And coming back to what you said before, I'm a big advocate for self-love. When you invent, when you make your relationship with yourself the best thing out there, you become more of a magnetic attractor to what you want and you repel those that you don't want or you end relationships sooner rather than later. You're not doubling down, as I said earlier.
1: You're unbreakable, Jonathan. And there's something so attractive about that
0: unbreakable
1: well i i feel so uh i feel like i love myself and i mean i'm in a oh. relationship now but when i was dating there was nothing that could really bring me down like i i if i was to get rejected i didn't really view it as rejection i just thought okay well maybe it's him maybe it's it's not me <laughs> i am yeah, attractive you know, enough. i will be attractive enough for the right person Whereas if you're not feeling good about yourself, you don't always necessarily have necessarily have that mindset.
0: Yeah, I I, I love that. I, I didn't when I had to pause when I heard the run, um, word unbreakable. But where I call that is giving your power away. When you are in your power, nobody can break that from you. No one can take that away from you. So no relationship has the power to to. I was watching Kung Fu Panda 3 yesterday with my son just for fun <laughs> and and my adult son I should say and they talked about the power of your chi. You know, when you are in your power, you are unbreakable and I love that.
1: Yeah. Okay, any final advice or words of encouragement for our listeners tonight?
0: You know, I want to say this. I get that it's a mess out there. (laughs) It is is chaos, what it feels
1: like in the dating realm. You know what? Before you continue with that, right? Because you just, chaos. Why do you feel, because I've never asked you this question, but why do you feel like it's chaos out there nowadays?
0: Well, it comes back to the beginning of how I started this. We have a significant percentage of the population who is wounded, has childhood wounds and traumas and adult traumas that have gone unhealed. They seek companionship, connection, and sex, but they're not in a space to give full commitment to another human being. This is true of men and women alike. That's the why. Okay. Um, My advice is, again, I'm a big proponent of doing introspective work like what you and I talked about earlier, doing personal development, self-help. I know I sound like a broken record. But when you invest, even Tony Robbins calls it the hour of power, when you invest a half hour, 15 minutes a day, half hour a day, an hour a day on your own sovereignty, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's physical exercise is part of the repertoire, but it's also emotional work as well. The happier you will be in life, whether you're in a relationship or not, and As I said a dozen times in this broadcast, you become a magnetic attractor to what you want when you're in your sovereignty.
1: I typically advise my clients when they're not confident, they don't feel good about themselves. What are those things that are going to help build your confidence? What are those things that you can work on that will help you feel better about yourself? I know for me, it's working out. It's going to the gym. When I go to the gym, I'm a different being than when I don't go to the gym. I, I walk differently. Yeah. <laughs> I just have this complete confidence about myself when I'm eating healthier. Uh, and when I'm just being active in general, that is what does it for me. Yeah. What about you? So, John? so
0: you've me. just described the importance of our body. OK, there's also a mind. There's also emotion and there's also spirit. Each one of those pieces, I mean, that's a certainly important piece of the puzzle because without a solid body, we can't you know, really find inner peace in our lives because we well, it's going to be imbalanced. I'm also here to suggest from emotional well-being, workshop, personal development workshops, self-help workshops, spiritual workshops, even church, going to therapy. That works on both the mind and the emotions, depending on, you know, the modalities you're involved in there. I said spiritually, you know, having a connection with the divine, having a connection to something greater than yourself, knowing that God, universe, spirit, I call it Gus, you know, Gus has got your back. Okay. And having a connection with the divine, when you when you take this quadrinity of mind, body, emotion, and spirit. And work on each one of those areas, you will become more confident in your life. So while one piece is great, when you work on all four, that's when you step into true confidence.
1: Yeah, and and I agree with that. But when I do work out, it actually gives me mental clarity. Exercise releases endorphins, which boosts my mood, and I'm pretty sure it boosts other people's moods as well. Uh, It helps me think more clearly and make better decisions in my relationships overall. But yeah, I agree with Mm. all of that. All right. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Remember, understanding these dynamics can lead to healthier, happier relationships. All right, Jonathan, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they get a copy of your book? Tell us.
0: All right. Well, I'm sure there'll be some links below somewhere, but you can find me on my YouTube channel at Jonathan Aslay, A-S-L-A-Y. On YouTube, you can get my book on Amazon called What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? And if you Google my name, my website will come up if you want to find out about coaching or follow me on Instagram and all that good stuff.
1: And guys, don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, official Laura Balada, as well as on TikTok. And a visit singleinthecity.ca if you're looking for love. Tune in next week for more insightful discussions. Good night. Ciao.